In an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Hey Ghoulsters, welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co-hosts. If you have always loved spooky things, whether it's Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky family because here we fan ghoul over all of it. Today we'll be grave digging into a movie that is surprisingly bringing us so many spooky vibes today from a real witch trial to cursed movie sets to witchcraft. Have you guessed what it is yet? That's right. It is none other than the cult classic movie, The Craft. But of course, before we get into all the witchy vibes, I thought we could share a cup of brew and talk about how we're keeping the spook alive. You know, I hate to disappoint, but we are in the heat of summerween, so I decided to go for a more refreshing witch's brew today. You can never go wrong with a good cup of ice black tea with a splash of lemon. I know, I told you it wasn't that exciting. (laughs) I'll have to start planning better to have Master Brew me something special for these recordings. Anyway, I can't wait for you to share what's brewing in your cup for this episode in our Discord server. I have been so excited to talk to you guys this week because it seems moving to Denver has brought out a new spontaneous side in me. It seems every time Rudy and I visit a new area in town, there's just so much to do. So this weekend, we were hunting down this local record store called Wax Tracks that Rudy has been wanting to go to, and we ended up in this older part of town with historical homes. You know, the witchy kind that look like you're in the practical magic movie. I swear, some of them even look exactly like the house from Charmed, you know, with like the pointy rooftop. (laughs) So we were driving, and he mentioned there was an open house. And I don't know what got into me because we are not currently looking to buy, but I was like, let's go. It's funny because I thought he was going to be like, really? But he was like, oh, you want to go? Okay, so we went. I don't know what got into me, but I was just curious. I wanted to see what it would feel like. Would I be like immediately no? Or would I be like, I guess I'm buying a house today? (laughs) Not that it's that easy, but you know what I mean. So we walked in and the first thing I told Rudy was, oh my God, it feels like the party Max and Danny crash at the beginning of Hocus Pocus when they meet Danny. And thankfully, the realtor was in the backyard showing the house to someone else, so we got to peruse the spooky house all on our own. Guys, we did not anticipate how big this house was going to be. It was three floors plus a full basement level. And I mean, like, entirely built out plus a pool and garage. I'm kicking myself because I should have taken photos or even done a video out of this for you guys, but it was just so crazy because this house did not seem... Like it was going to be this massive. And thankfully, Rudy and I agreed we'd never want a home this big. But what I was really surprised about was that I didn't feel that instant spooky, eerie ambiance I was expecting. If you have watched our Haunted Ever After episode where we visited Casey Moore's Oyster House on our YouTube channel, I was instantly spooked when we walked into that place. I mean, I felt something eerie. And that house was built in 1910. And for comparison... This house we went into was built in 1907. So I don't know if it's because it was like renovated inside or what, but I guess it's a good thing that I didn't feel that way. However, I know myself and I would hate living in a house that big. 
I could just imagine myself watching TV alone while Rudy runs errands and hearing a noise. Can you imagine having to check four floors for spooky bad guys? No, thank you. Anyway, in case you're on the edge of your seat, we did not all of a sudden decide we want to look to buy a house yet. But I feel like this might be a new hobby of mine. I don't know why. It was just so interesting seeing a spooky house and wanting to see what vibes it gave off. So if you're wondering what a house with four floors, a pool and garage in a historical spooky neighborhood costs, it is $2.4 million. That is a lot of spooky pumpkin bags, guys. (laughs) So I know that's not super spooky for keeping the spook alive, but hey, the intention was there. I wanted this spooky looking house to actually spook me. Anyway, if you want to keep up with how I'm keeping the spook alive every day, I promise it's usually spookier than this. You can follow me on Instagram at Mandy Spooks and on the Ghoulmates YouTube channel. All right. So for today's quick history, I wanted to cover a witch trial, but not the popular Salem witch trial. In fact a trial that happened in Arizona. I feel like it fits perfectly because it took place at a high school, much like the craft. And guys, initially, I thought this story sounded fun, but the more I learned about it, the more it upset me. So back in 1969, a professor of folklore and witchcraft visited Flowing Wells High School in Tucson, Arizona. What I found interesting was that the professor talked about the attributes of witches in early American folklore, which is surprisingly different from how we think of witches today. According to this professor, witches were known to have blonde hair, green eyes, a widow's peak, and a pointed left ear. They also wore a lot of green. After this presentation, the students started saying one of their teachers, Anne Stewart, was a witch because she fit these characteristics. Miss Stewart embraced this opportunity and played along with it to keep the students engaged in their lessons. However, as we know in this community, we can't ever have some innocent fun because other teachers and community members started to accuse Anne of being a real witch, even though she never actually confirmed if she was or wasn't. After working for the district for 11 years, Mrs. Stewart was fired under five accounts. Those accounts were teaching about witchcraft in such a way that it affects students psychologically, causing mental stress for many teachers, discussing things not in the curriculum to the detriment of curriculum materials, a poor influence on students, and insubordinate. None of which were true. What upsets me most about this is that this poor woman really did suffer bullying and pain all due to finding a way to keep her students engaged. It is said that she received anonymous hate letters. Some quoted the Bible saying, thou shall not suffer a witch to live. She did an interview with the LA Times and wore a cross around her neck and talked about how she hid her widow's peak and wore a cross to show she wasn't a witch, because a witch would never. She ended up taking her lawsuit to the Superior Court, and guess what, guys? She won. The district had to allow her to take her job back and get back pay, but unfortunately, any word of her drops after this case ended, and nobody knows what really happened to her since. Although this happened in the 70s, let this be a lesson that even almost 300 years later, society was still pretty spooked by the idea of witches. And if we fast forward about 20 years, we learn that still society wasn't too keen on the idea of witchcraft among teenagers when the craft was released. Before we get into the movie, I do want to mention that there are themes of suicide in this movie. If you or someone you know is going through a difficult time right now, please visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org or call 1-800-273-8255. There is help available in Spanish as well and resources for the deaf and hard of hearing. All right, so The Craft was released May 3rd, 1996, just about seven months before the first Scream was released. 
I mention this because we have two familiar faces in it, which are Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich. I apologize because I don't know if it's Skeet Ulrich or Rich, but I think it's Rick. So we're going to go with that. <laughs> but we also have another iconic face, which is Faruza Balk, who is actually starting a new podcast with her co-star, Rachel True, who played Rochelle. I don't think we have many other details on that podcast yet. And of course, we can't forget to mention the head witch, which was Robin Tooney, I think. Gosh, I'm so bad with names, guys. So the film was directed by Andrew Fleming, which I was surprised hasn't really done too much. But interestingly enough, he is directing one of my favorite non-spooky shows, which is Emily in Paris. So this movie has a Rotten Tomatoes audience score of 65%. Womp womp. The summary, according to IMDb, reads, A newcomer to a Catholic prep high school falls in with a trio of outcast teenage girls who practice witchcraft, and they all soon conjure up various spells and curses against those who anger them. And since we just covered an upsetting witch trial, at least it was for me, I figured we could get into some really spooky stuff before we dig into my thoughts on the movie. So, fun fact. Did you know for 20 years it was believed that Feruza Balk was an actual witch at the time the movie was filmed? She finally set the record straight in 2017 in an interview sharing that she actually only went to an occult shop for extensive research and ended up buying it, but she never actually practiced witchcraft as we believed for 20 years. However, a real Wiccan witch was hired as a consultant for the film. Her name was Pat Devon, also known as the High Priestess of Covenant of the Goddess, She also consulted other covens to ensure that the spells and incantations were realistic for the film. They were so accurate that it is said that some spooky stuff happened during the ritual scene on the beach when they invoked the spirit of Manon. One of our co-hosts, Nightshade Butterfly, asked if Manon was real. It turns out that Pat actually advised the director to use a made-up deity because using a real one would be too dangerous if teens were watching and copying the ritual, but also it was disrespectful for those who do worship those deities. However, the ritual was still so realistic it is said that some spooky stuff happened when they filmed the scene. According to IMDb, a flock of bats descended on the group extinguishing the candles, and then several times while they were trying to begin the scene, waves suddenly rolled up the beach in full force. And finally, in one take, when Nancy says, Manin, fill me, the crew lost power. Robin, who played Sarah, believed these were all coincidences. But what do you think? Do you think there was some real dark magic that happened that night? And that is all the spooky stories I have for you today. You're welcome. All right, so what is my history with this movie? Guys, this movie was a big part of my childhood and my love for all things spooky, but I don't know why I kind of forgot about it over the years. We're going to get into a lot of it, but I genuinely did not remember how heavy some of the topics in this movie were. I guess maybe I was too young and just focused on the witchy aesthetic of it that even crazier than rewatching Twilight, this was a whole new movie to me as an adult as well. And again, I'm so glad you, my co-host, helped me weigh in on this movie because, man, it covers a lot. So before I get started, I don't think I addressed this in the last episode, but for the most part, most of my co-hosts are... Of course, you all, but when I share names, I'm sharing Instagram handles because this school street community is all about connecting around the world. And I also got some feedback that it was a little confusing when the quotes on the last episode ended. So I'll start saying end quote every time now. Like I said, this whole idea of you guys being my co-host is like a really new concept. So 
We're going to work with it. I appreciate any feedback, but so far I'm loving it because you guys bring up things that I would have never thought about or you bring up things that totally support everything that I'm feeling too. So either way, it's great all around. So for starters, it was unanimous. So many of you said the reason you love this movie is all of the girl power and women empowerment vibes. Now, I don't know if this is what you all meant by girl power and empowerment, but I feel like the true message in this film is that you can be a magical witch all on your own, even without a coven. Like I said, I saw this film in a whole new light this time around, and I think, yes, it's great that the girls as a whole were total coven vibes and all, but really, this group of girls was actually really nasty and toxic. Seeing Sarah come to the realization that what they were doing was wrong and actually fighting them and staying true to herself is such a positive message for young girls to see because it's always hard to stand up against the status quo. There's a saying in Spanish, mejor sola que mal acompañada, which means better alone than with bad company. And that is definitely a lesson here. It's empowering to totally own that and realize you can be magical all on your own. So as one might imagine, this movie was not received well. It received an R rating for containing witchcraft, which I think speaks volumes of how far we've come now having the Scarlet Witch in a Marvel Disney movie. But I definitely feel like this movie was a bit woke and ahead of its time. It tackles issues of mental health, suicide, bullying, and racism. These are all things I don't remember about the film, so watching this actually made me really curious to watch the new craft movie from 2020. I thought it looked so bad, but now I'm curious to see if it tackles real issues the way the original did. Yet, despite all the backlash on this original movie, it still did a lot of positive things. Co-host DW Photo 2082 said she loved this film because it was the first time she remembers seeing witchcraft normalized and cool. End quote. And Samantha Palafox said she loved the clothing, music, and well, that they are witches. End quote. But something I really wanted to focus on was that Laylick brought up everyone's worst fear with the movie. She said, oh my god, this movie. This made me want to learn about Wicca when I was in the sixth grade. End quote. So naturally, I wanted to know more because clearly this would have parents in the 90s and even today ringing all kinds of alarms. In a gist, she said she ended up doing a whole research paper about the religion, its history, the symbolism, and the difference between Wicca and Satanism. This led her to learning how to read tarot cards and collecting candles, and it molded her sense of style. Before this stage of her life, she had no idea what a goth or spooky lifestyle was. The internet was still a new thing, and she grew up in a Filipino Catholic household, and it was completely frowned upon to stray away from the religion you were born into. She's no longer into the religion, but she feels like it was a stage that might still subconsciously show up in her day-to-day -day when she lights different candles for different energy charges or uses crystals and oils to cleanse herself or the room of any bad energy. I really loved hearing her story because it shows how people feared teenagers were going to go watch the movie and then summon the devil. But really, it made girls like Lalik curious to explore and learn new things, which honestly, there is nothing wrong with learning about other cultures and religions. So I asked her what she would say to people who think Wicca is bad or evil. So she said, people fear what they don't know. Some are too ignorant to bother looking into what the religion is and what it represents. Just like Satanism, not all Satanists are bloodlust murders. Hollywood glorifies these subjects and people believe it. Just like in Christianity, there are good and bad. Just like in the movie, the good witch was the shopkeeper. She was full of light magic and you have crazies like Nancy who took it to a dark place 
and her two friends just follow because they fear her power. I have friends that are full-fledged Wiccans and they're the most amazing, most open-minded individuals, end quote. So there you have it, ghouls, from a real teen who was influenced by the witchcraft in this movie. Does that sound so bad? I didn't think so. But it sounds like a lot of you were curious to know what the heck was up with Nancy. So I did some research and in a way, I feel like Nancy's story was there to also show the dark side of magic as a cautionary tale for those who did take an interest in it. One of our ghoulsters, Looky Cookie AZ, said, did she turn crazy or was she misunderstood? So there is the argument that Nancy had a rough life and really Sarah is the one who's evil for how she ends up confining Nancy to a psych ward and taunting the other two girls at the end. But I mean, come on. After the way she was treated, I do not blame her. As my karate fighting teenage nephew would say, they had it coming. <laughs> I think that the good witch from the shop actually clearly states that if you abuse the power, there will be consequences. And when Sarah invokes the spirit at the end to fight Nancy, she tells Nancy that Manon is mad at her. Although I did read an interesting theory that Nancy does in fact still have powers because a spell is supposed to die when a witch who casts it dies. So if Sarah dies... Her spell on Nancy that binds her from doing harm against others and herself would wear off and Nancy would technically have her powers back. Does that mean Nancy isn't crazy, though? I think that's debatable. <laughs> Even if she has her reasons for how she abused her power, it doesn't make it OK to decide who lives and dies the way she did not once, but twice with her stepdad and Ghostface. I mean, Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> and I think overall that about wraps up my thoughts on this film. <laughs> Yes, there's a lot of witchy women empowerment, but also I think not in the way people assume because this really isn't a film about friendship and a coven. It's about the realities of growing up as a woman in high school, and it sucks. There's bullying, the pressure of sex, and as we clearly learned, a lot of jealousy. But perhaps that is why this film hits so close to home to our community because let's be honest, it would have been really nice to cast a spell and make shitty high school problems go away. <laughs> So I suppose it is time for It's Freaking Bats. And snaps for Mandy, because I remembered to get the Goolster score on this one this time. So before I give my rating, the Goolster score for this was 4.5 freaking bats, guys. That was pretty high. <laughs> Let's see. Ugh, I don't know where to go with this one. I think I'm going to go with four bats because I loved this movie as a kid but rewatching it upsets me because I realized how toxic and bad a lot of the things that happened were so it wasn't as fun as it used to be but I also think a lot of the issues tackled were super important so yeah I'm gonna go with the four overall and now the moment I have been waiting for if you're not binging with us then you can't sit with us because it's time for bloody binge worthy But before we get into my thoughts on this week's episodes, as promised, I did the poll, guys. Are Goolsters Team Stefan or Team Damon? And the results are in. I am so ashamed to say that Damon won by 100%. I cannot be the only one that's on Team Stefan. Really, guys? I'm not going to lie. I take offense to this one. <laughs> 
But anyway, this week I binged The Vampire Diaries Season 1, Episodes 5 through 7. According to IMDb, the summaries read, Stefan is hopeful of his plan to get rid of Damon and decides to reveal parts of his past to Elena. Bonnie seeks advice from her grandmother. In flashbacks, Stefan reveals to Elena the Salvatore family history, including how his rivalry with Damon began. In the present, Damon impulsively takes control of Vicky's future. And then Bonnie's ability surprise Damon. Elena asks Jeremy not to see Vicky. Matt takes Vicky to the high school Halloween dance. And then the night takes a terrifying turn. Ghouls. Now, we are talking. Things are moving along so fast. Okay, so first, full disclosure, I'm a busy ghoul, so I may or may not have been dozing off during the last episode because of how comfortable I was on the bed. But for a second, I really thought Elena was going to ask Stefan to make her forget about how much she loves him, and I could not handle it. I'm 99% sure she said she couldn't handle it either, so I think we are in the clear. But let me backtrack. Can we talk for a second about Vicky? Is this like the Damon thing where I'm the only person who can to stand her this time? I just can't with her. She makes it so hard to like her. And despite that, I couldn't believe how Elena was really fighting for Stefan and Damon to help her survive the night anyway. But needless to say, I don't always take the high road like Elena. And I'm so glad she's a goner. I think something that continues to surprise me is how caring Elena is and how she's not constantly in love with the idea of vampires the way Bella was in Twilight. But it's also hard for me to believe at the same time because let's be honest, I personally don't know if I could be so repulsed by anyone who looks like Stefan and Damon. Let's see what else. Um, Yes, speaking of Stefan and trying to win Elena over, that episode where he's like telling his life story and just being open and honest with her he's just so like endearing and it reminds me of here I go again with Twilight but how I had said when how Edward is just so calm when he's like jumping around on Bella's truck like that's the same vibe I got from Stefan when he finally like lets his guard down and he's like cooking for her and he's talking to her so yeah I need more of that kind of Stefan because it was just really sweet and then let's see I really loved the Halloween party vibes in the last episode, and I love that we're starting to see more of Bonnie's journey as a witch and learning her history. And I guess the last thing is I'm still really confused about the rules of becoming a vampire because Vicky bit Elena, but nobody's worried about Elena becoming a vampire. Is it that she has to die and then feed for the transition to happen? I'm sure I'll get the hang of the rules sooner than later. Um, But yeah, that's all I got because your ghoul was sleepy this time around. And just a reminder, you can always check your Ghoulster homework for the week in the show notes to find out which episodes I'll be covering next week. And if you're wondering how you could be one of my lovely co-hosts, like I mentioned in today's episode, you can follow the show on Instagram at notanotherspookypodcast to participate in polls and questions for upcoming episodes, as well as join our Discord server, which is a free community where Ghoulsters all around the world connect with each other about how they're keeping the spook alive. And if you're interested in unlocking access to an exclusive channel on Discord where you can vote on upcoming topics, get sneak peeks, and participate in live chats with me, you can subscribe to this podcast with a subscription of $5 or higher at the link in the show notes or by clicking the lock icon on one of the locked episodes on the podcast platform you're listening to, whether that's Spotify or Apple or any of the others. Please be sure to use an email you check frequently to gain access to that exclusive Discord channel because that's how I'll be inviting you in. 
If you've listened this far, I'm assuming you probably already can't get enough of your new favorite spooky podcast. So if you need some more spook in your life, you can, of course, follow my spooky love story on the Ghoulmates YouTube channel and Instagram at Mandy Spooks. I also haven't mentioned that we have a TikTok for the Ghoulmates that is pretty fun if you ask me. And if you really enjoyed this episode, again, I will always say I would greatly appreciate if you share this podcast with another spooky soul and also write a spooktacular review on the platform you're listening on because those reviews help our podcast reach more people to grow our spooky family. Until next time, sending you ghouls and kisses. Bye! Ha 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 ha.